like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I had other plans for Song of the Soul for this week, but just last night I found out that Idris Phillips died this July, and I moved to share with you again my interview with him from back in 2017. I also interviewed him again in person along with Katie O'Neill in 2018. We then had plans that fell through for Idris to visit me in Eau Claire the following year, and my heart is heavy for having missed that opportunity. Idris was a deeply spiritual, astoundingly talented folk jazz blues musician with an immense heart. As you'll hear in this interview, his conversion to Islam and the support of Youssef Islam, formerly known as Cat Stevens, to produce Idris's one album played important parts in the blessings Idris brought to this world. Here's the 2017 interview with Idris Phillips, no longer of this world, but still very much in many of our hearts. Idris, thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure and honor to be with you, Mark. I appreciate the invite. And it was such a pleasure to have the extended conversation with you yesterday. I sometimes get a chance to know the folks I'm interviewing well, and I feel like my circle of friends grew a bit toward you because we got to share some really important stuff in both of our lives. And I do want this to be a conversation. Uh, Listeners to Song of the Soul know that that's how it works. The thing that amazed me is... For all of the music that you've done and created over the past 40-plus years, in spite of all of that music, I think you've only recorded one CD, or actually maybe there's a second one, kind of an EP or a short one. Why is that? I think most of my time and energies were spent towards touring and playing. You know, there was a time when I literally was playing six nights a week, four sets a night, in Boot Hill clubs, nightclubs, Blue Note clubs, small venues, things like this. And that was where I was basically making my living. During those times, I became sort of musical producer and a supervisor for the particular bands and musicians I was working with. And I ended up sort of sitting in that pocket for a little while. And I had been writing music for quite a while. And, of course, I used to arrange music for a lot of the groups that I worked with. And it wasn't until I got to Dubai and I had the opportunity to be in a really nice studio on a daily basis. And so instead of traveling and touring and moving from place to place, I was actually sitting in one place. And that allowed me to think about some of the songs that I had written over the years 
the manager at that time sort of spawned me to, you know, because I, I would play these songs for people and they would say, where can we buy this song? And I would say, well, I have to record it first. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's what is amazing, because I can't believe that you went all these years, I mean, decades, literally, without recording it. And so are there people from 30 years ago saying, so is it coming out this year? <laughs> right. When I was contemplating recording again or recording my stuff, I thought, well, you know, I started off in the folk singer songwriter sort of thing. And then when I picked up the piano, I started gravitating towards blues and jazz and some of the... Um, rock and roll piano players such as Elton John and Billy Joel and Leon Russell. And I sort of gravitated towards this kind of stuff, became attractive to me. But when it came to recording my own record, I thought I'd go back to where I started writing from, and that was from the guitar and my influences. I've got many influences from some of the folk singer-songwriters that I grew up listening to, such as Paul Simon and James Taylor and Cat Stevens and... Graham Nash and Crosby, Stills and Nash and some of these things and people that I was listening to, they sort of show up every now and then, I think, in this album that I did, Star by Moon. So I just wanted to keep it very simple. And I noticed as I was going along that the record had a reverent sense about it and a very spiritual sense. And it was music that was just, as you say, music from the soul. And that's where it had come from. It brought me back to times in my life, good times, bad times. So that's how Star by Moon sort of came about. It was kind of getting the early stuff out of the way first. And then I'm working now on a record that's more piano-oriented and a little more jazz-influenced. So I'm starting to venture into more that side. Of it. And, you know, and I was doing compositions for documentaries, pilots, in Los Angeles and trying to work and become a composer for film and television at one point. And so I started developing a lot of instrumentals and more cinematic material. So all of this is coming down the road, you know. I did a great project, if I may mention. It was a project that I did for the Islamic Museum of Australia. I did this in Dubai. It was a lot of fun for me. It was quite a challenge because basically what it was was writing music for individual rooms in this art gallery. So the room itself was dictating the type of music that you would hear. I was able to do a project of just a lot of beautiful instrumental music that sort of fit this art gallery. And it was a lot of fun and a challenge. And it came out really nice. So... From what I understand, when you go to the art gallery, the music is playing in the background as you go into the different areas. That's not Jaden Sky, is it? No, but Jaden Sky was on that. I did use that. I'm not sure if it made it to the museum, but a lot of the other stuff did, for sure. But Jaden Sky was off the EP. So most of the music you're going to be sharing today is from Star by Moon, because that's most of what you recorded. Again, you did this at the period when you were in Dubai. You said there's a good sound studio there. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, Dubai is part of a Muslim country, and instrumental music, there's a kind of this iffy relationship of Islam to instrumental music. Could you talk a little bit about that and where you fit in that mix? Well, the situation, the scenario I was in when I was in Dubai was about music. And Yusuf Islam, his son-in-law, 
and his daughter were the owners of the studio, and they brought me there to produce music. And so it was about music, basically. We kept it quite reverent. You know, there were certain projects we wouldn't take on for religious reasons. So the guitars were there, and the pianos were there, and the this music software, and it was it was a really fine studio, and, and it was a lot of fun working with these people there. As far as the Islamic and the Muslim situations dealing with music or instruments, when you talk about some of the interviews that I've done over the years in my travels with Islamic projects, that seems to be one of the questions that come up, the music issue with being a Muslim and playing guitar, piano. They're curious as to know how I make that work or how I feel about it. But the situation in Dubai was very positive, musically speaking. And, of course, Yusuf Cat Stevens, he's playing music again, and I'm glad about that. He's just a wonderful human being and humanitarian and influenced me. I listened to him as, when I was young. So there was no issue with music in the studio. Could you explain a little bit? I'm sure a lot of our listeners are not very familiar with Islamic attitudes about music. Well, from what I understand is that there's a certain, maybe it's in what we call Hadith, that there's an interpretation about music that particularly string instruments aren't really looked upon in a favorable way. So a lot of music that I've done with Islamic artists has been I'll arrange the music, but they'll take the music out, and they'll take my arrangement, my voicings in the music, and create vocals, so that it's totally just vocals and drums, and all the music will be gone. And depends on what area of, of the world you're in. I mean, in Malaysia, music was never an issue. Turkey, when I was in Turkey, music was never an issue. But there's certain places, and I understand, and I'm not judging their attitudes towards it. I understand where they're coming from. I just wish they would give me a little bit of understanding. I'll tell you about an interview I had in Malaysia about music once. We had just done a big concert full of music. Dawood was there. Dawood Warnsby, who's one of my favorite lyric writers and singers, and just a nice man. And we were there in Malaysia, and we were all being interviewed. And one of the questions came to me was, how can you play the piano and, and be a Muslim? How did that happen? You know, Mark, the only thing I can think of is that I didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a rock star, make a bunch of money and a lot of girlfriends and things like, you know. It was something that was just there. I can remember being five years old, listening to music and wanting to play the guitar. And then when I got about eight years old, apparently my parents had got the message at that point. And my mother brought me home a guitar. And I took that guitar, and off into the corner I went, and I lived with that guitar day and night. So music was already there. So it chose me, basically. It's just been there all my life. My mother was a musician. My father was a musician. I don't know if it's a predisposed situation that's genetic. I'm not sure. But uh, my grandfather was a violin player. And so music is just in the genetics. And I think that music has been a real lifesaver for me many times. I think that maybe I could have not been around when I was dealing with some rougher times in my life if it hadn't been for music. What do you mean by that? 
Well, certain times through maybe some family dysfunctions or it was always something I turned to in good times and bad times. You know, Billy Joel wrote a song called My Baby Grand. It was with Ray Charles and Billy Joel. And that's what that song was about, was when things are kind of gloomy around you and you can just sort of retreat to your piano and kind of lose yourself or heal yourself, in my case. I used to get healed from piano or music. Are there songs that you wrote that reflect that specifically? There are. I think the song Content was written during a time of some real real struggles I was having with addiction, and, and I was going through a divorce, and I was hanging around some very toxic people and, and environment. I'd had enough of that, you know, and I got on a plane. I was in Phoenix at the time, and I called my travel agent, and I said, uh, I would like a one-way ticket. And she said, where would you like to go? And I said, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> and so I said, well, let's see. And I licked my finger and stuck it up in the air, and I said, how about San Francisco? And I got on a plane and ended up in San Francisco, and I hitchhiked up to Mendocino, and I, I rented a A-frame cabin overlooking the Pacific Ocean with the redwoods directly behind. It was an amazing place. And I sat there one night, and content popped out, and it was sort of a call out to be somewhere where I could be content or be with people that were content or be around positive influences. And, you know, when I'm singing content, I'm talking, my Lord, be here tonight because I don't want to go out on my own again. I really felt like I needed that higher power to be right there. And it was sort of my call out, if that makes any sense. Well, of course it makes sense. <laughs> my son, after he had graduated from college and he was kind of flailing about where he wanted to be, and he said to me, you know, Dad, I just wish I could go to a city where they were all Quakers. I could be there. Because growing up and through college, that happened to be the group where he felt, I think, most accepted and the values, I think, that you're singing about in Content. It was a place where he could feel okay about himself. Do you suffer from not feeling about yourself habitually, or is this hopefully something of the past? You know, the strange thing about addiction or anything that these type of challenges, they're continual. But, you know, I came to a place where I just, enough was enough. I was just done, you know, and I just thought back to all of the times that were just wasted. And it was just a criminal waste of time. I, I really felt that I had truly lost quite a bit of time. And I, I just wanted it to end. And I just wanted it to stop. And then really, literally, until you get to this point, you really can't do much about it. So it's been a struggle and a battle that I've had most of my life. I was actually concerned when you said that you called the travel agent to ask for a one-way ticket. I was afraid that that was kind of an allusion to the fact you wanted to suicide. No suicide. No, I'm, I'm too much of a fighter. I have a very strong constitution, so I'm told. I battle. I fight the good fight. But I think the one-way ticket is that I just didn't want to come back to where I was. I didn't want a return ticket for sure. The song is from Idris Phillips' latest recording, and his only, I guess, full CD, Star by Moon, 
The song is Content. Here is Idris Phillips. all of us love to be content. I hope, Idris, that you are now closer to content, that that one-way trip away from where you were got you to the better place. You had already embraced Islam sometime before that song, the material of that song was written. How long before? Well, I converted to Islam in 89. That song was written, I believe, in the early 90s, around 93, 94. But, um, One thing I've discovered, Mark, is that with addiction, you can change your faith, you can find God, you can get married, you can have children, you can promise people you can do it for them, I'm going to do it for you, I'm going to do it because I now believe in a different way of interpreting God, and it doesn't work. Nothing works. You can never do it for something else or some other situation. 
you have to literally walk it out. And you get to a place, at least I did, and I really thank God for this, where I was done hurting other people, I was done hurting myself, I just wanted it to all stop. And so I got into uh, recovery, and I've taken it quite serious, and I deal with it on a daily basis. And I try to stay connected, which brings me to the realization to stay connected to it. I actually got involved with working towards a uh, certificate to be a counselor for chemical dependency, and I actually got it and was just certified about two weeks ago. So at one point, I'd like to take the music and the experiences that I've had and be able to share them with people that may be struggling with this and suffering and not really kind of understanding what this is all about. Because music is such a healing medicine. And I think the combination of the two, it would be fun and very rewarding for me. And also when you're working with people that are addicted to drugs or alcohol or anything else, working with them keeps you together also. When you're hearing somebody else's story, you're remembering your own because we all have very short memories. I used to say that I had the ism in alcoholism, which meant incredibly short memory. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can go through so much pain and then you can stop for a while and then you feel good and then, then you're off and running again. So I realized that it was something that I had to address on a daily basis. And I'm glad I'm alive here to have this conversation. Yeah. Yesterday when we were talking, I mentioned about Jen Hazen, who I interviewed something like six weeks ago, who does a program. I mean, she had her own addiction path that led her to go to prison. That's why the name of the episode, I called it Angelic Desperado, because in so many ways, if you know Jen Hazen, you know she's an angel. And she's done her prison time and done all the stuff with drugs that merited being in prison. Are you a different person than you were when you were actively engaged with your addictions? I can give you a line of people that will answer that question for you. (laughs) I think the answer is yes. (laughs) You know, it's not only are you a different person. I mean, I am totally a different person. What's interesting, Mark, is that when I think about it, I ask certain people that are close to me, I says, do I seem different to you? Because I really don't seem to see it. And they look at me like, are you crazy? (laughs) Do you remember how you were? And I go, well, kind of, (laughs) you know. But anyway, to answer your question, yeah, sure. It's a different world. You know, recovery to me, Mark, is, I can't remember who said this one day, but it really stuck with me. And it said that recovery was about recovering the person you were meant to be. And when I heard that, I just thought, now that's profound. So basically what's happening is it's a daily journey for me, and I'm discovering who I was meant to be. And so I feel like I have a nice stretch to go, God willing. Well, we've got quite a stretch to go in terms of the music. What do you want to share next? Well, the album cut, Star by Moon, of course, that was written sort of during a hard time for me. Star by Moon came about from recognizing there was some problems with the fact that I was now a different religion, and I was married at the time, and there was a conflict there, you know, just sort of an edginess all the time, and uh, it came to a divorce for me, 
And it was one of those situations where I just, I wouldn't budge from my faith. And if it meant that I couldn't be with this person, well, that was going to have to be the case. And so Starblair Moon sort of came out of that. We'll talk more about it with Idris Phillips after we listen to title track of his CD, Star by Moon. thing. We have Idris Phillips here today with us for Song of the Soul, and that was title track of his CD released a couple years ago called Star by Moon. The amazing thing is that there are really only two recordings by Idris Phillips that you can access, which given the amount of music he's produced, that is just a very narrow slice. 
But fortunately, we have him here today for Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, you find us at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you find all kinds of good stuff, including the programs and contact information, the stations where we're broadcast. You find a place to post comments, which we do really love your your feedback, your two-way communication. There's a donate button. This is full-time work, but it's supported total by donations. It's not by government and it's not by corporations. It's because you, the listener, believe in it. More important than supporting us, though, is to support your local community radio station. I'm sure as Idris has traveled about, he's had plenty of opportunities to engage with community radio, local radio, local music and news which takes an interest in the particular instead of just the national hot spot of the moment. So please start by supporting your local community radio station. Again, Idris Phillips is here. And we'll say more about his name in just a moment. But first, I wanted to say a couple things about Star by Moon. And one of the things is you talked about the divorce, the conflict between your faith, and that you felt you had to separate that you weren't going to give up your faith or budge on your faith. Do you see that conflict differently today? I mean, this is, uh, what, 20 years later, 25 years later? Right. I also want to mention, I think Star by Moon came about around 9-11 because that was sort of a stressful time. And it was a stressful time for my wife at the time. And I believe that she kind of was getting a lot of... uh, I don't know, maybe black, <laughs> black, you know, from her family and friends. And so all of this kind of contributed to that. Did I budge from it? And I, I didn't through all of the crazy stuff that you hear about Islam, which a lot of it is just crazy to me. And I've never met anybody that was insane <laughs> or, you know, dangerous. The community and the Muslims that I have always been around or have had the fortunate experience of knowing are just wonderful and have been very inspiring for me. So once I came to this realization and and I discovered the Quran and, and the Islamic way of understanding God, I stayed there. I'm very open-minded. And I think if somebody talked to me one day or if somebody came up and they said, take this path, and if I understood it and I felt it was really talking to me, I would definitely explore it for sure. I just haven't really come across anything that's moved me any other way. And so I sort of stayed on my path. I just interviewed a Muslim named John O'Brien, and obviously John O'Brien is not a name we associate with Islam. Philip Bubel is what you were known of before you embraced Islam. Is that a very typical thing, like in the way that Catholics, when you go through confirmation, I was raised Catholic, you adopt a confirmation name. So I took Peter, which is one of the names I had in the middle before I became Quaker. Is it pretty typical to adopt a specifically Islamic name? Yeah, I, I do. I think it is common. When I was new in the faith and this was brought up to me, I said, okay, well, I was very familiar with the Ali's and the Muhammad's and things like this, and I really never felt comfortable with any particular name, a Muslim name, that felt like it fit me, you know. And I was reading the Quran one day, and I came across the prophet Idris, peace be upon him, 
And I said, oh, I like that, you know. And basically, I think it's Enoch in the Bible, and an Arabic pronunciation is Idris. And I liked it, and so I told my teacher at the time that I'd like to change or use this name. I think it was Dawood that sort of suggested to me the Phillips part of it. I said, well, what I can do is the Muslims can address me as Idris, and everyone else that know me by Phil can still say Phil. So I went for Idris Phillips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you have a major change like that, I think it is good to adopt it in some way that says it to the world. So the Catholic tradition, I think, of having a confirmation name is good. When my wife and I got married, we took a new last name. That's where Helps Meet came from. That's not my maiden name, so to speak. I grew up with a different name. And it feels to me like that's a really appropriate thing to do when you set yourself on a new path. I agree, yeah. And also there's, you know, I liked who Idris was in the Quran. And the meaning of Philip, I think, when I looked it up, it said lover of horses. As much as I love to look at horses, and I think they're beautiful animals, <laughs> I'm not a horse person. Ask anybody that's watched me get on one and try to ride it. So. <laughs> well, let's learn some more about Idris Phillips by listening to some more of your music. How can we do that? Okay, I Still See You There was a song I wrote. It's got a dual meaning, and that was actually... Again, going through some relationship issues, and it was during this breakup, we were living in Los Angeles, and we went everywhere up and down the coast together. And I thought to myself, you know, after the breakup, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Mark, but when you go somewhere, that person's there, you see them there. Or you go to this special place, or you go to this park, or you go to that beach, or you go wherever you go, you see them there because you were there with them, right? I still see you there, came out of that idea. And then when I was recording it in Dubai, I realized that I wasn't thinking of that individual any longer, but it was, once again, it was God. So, in other words, when I saw a beautiful ocean or the stars in the sky or the constellations, I was thinking about God and the creation. So, that's sort of how I in interpret, and when I perform it these days, that's sort of where I'm at with that. And the song is, I Still See You There. It's from Star by Moon by Idris Phillips. As I walk along the morning sand I still see you there Reading signs on an open road I still see you there The many miles I have passed with you like a river washing over stones Time is lost now as we move through We could only really go so far So now my turn to face another day I still see you there 
crossing bridges over dreams that lead to a destination so unknown. My imagination cries for time to harvest every seed we have sown. Will I change? While the world goes round, I still see you there. I look up to this perfect sky. All the constellations are so near. I asked for less, but you gave me more. I see you in the plan, walking hand in hand. I know that in the end, I'll still love you. So now I turn to face another day. I still see you there. sure so many of us have had exactly that same experience. I still see you there. Idris Phillips puts it into song for today's Song of the Soul, talking not only really about that person in that relationship at that point, but the echoes of the divine. I hesitate to put these things too much into words. We say God, we say divine, we say spirit. From 12-step, the higher power is pretty common. So when you still see the divine there, (laughs) what do you see, since you're not supposed to have images? You have images. When you see a beautiful ocean and you're taken by it, or you see a beautiful sunset, or you see a beautiful sky lit with stars, these are visuals, these are things that move me. Audio, you know, when I'm hearing things, I've been brought to tears many times through visuals and music. So I don't know where it comes from. I don't have anything to do with why I feel that way. And so it's got to be divine in some way. I actually see it the same way. I see reflections of something bigger. The problem usually comes when people try and say, that particular thing, that's encapsulation of the big thing, the divine. Anybody who tries to embody that in a golden calf or any other form is doing a desecration of the bigger thing. But I definitely see God and God's light reflecting through a vast array around me. I'm dazzled by it when my eyes are open, when my ears are open. I also see it in people I meet. I feel this way around certain people. I can't explain that, you know. I can. (laughs) I think we're all cells in the body of God. I think that God's DNA is placed right there within us, and not just within people, but in wider things. That's how I would say it, that in fact, that doesn't mean we are the totality or the perfect image that way of God, but that, of course, we've got it right there, and that when we look deep enough within, we connect with that, which is a bigger thing that we're part of. That's how I would say it. Yeah, I love that, Mark, and I think that you're right. As in meditation, you go inside. 
there's a quote in the Quran that says that Allah is closer to you than your own juggler vein. So I think we're all part of the same source. Could you talk a little bit about the various strains of Islam and not all Muslims manifest, believe, practice in exactly the same way. There are diversity, just like there are many thousands of Christian groups. Could you talk a little bit about how you connect or where you connect? Let me just start by saying that I understand. I'm no expert on this at all, and I have a very limited knowledge of all the different sects. I've just not spent a whole lot of time dealing with or trying to understand them. But uh, when I first embraced Islam, I had a teacher from Iran, and he was a Shia Muslim. And I had a teacher from Tunis who was a Sunni Muslim. So I kind of got two schools of thought out of that, and I basically wanted just the oneness of a faith. Here's God, you face him, and you connect. I need things very simple these days. I love simplicity and clarity. And things started clouding up a little bit for me when I started seeing the differences and um, animosities between the two groups. And then I discovered Sufism where I started looking more into the mystical side of Islam and discovered certain authors and poets and books on Sufism. And I kind of was attracted to that, and so I spent a little time there. Those are basically the three neighborhoods I kind of spent a little time in. And there's so much more that we don't know about you or I. It's a rich world, and each person, I think, carries a particular bit of the genetic reflection of God, and so I I usually find it valuable to listen to even those people that I don't end up aligning with, but it's like, okay, that's a little bit more of the map that I now understand. Sure, sure. I love to listen to all kinds of different ways of understanding that subject. I'm open to it all. I'm not attracted to any sense of dogma these days. If you tell me that you have cornered the truth, then you've lost me in a conversation. Let's keep going with your song of the soul. Music is the reason that I have you here. Actually, I'm hoping that your soul is reflected through your music, which it clearly is. So why don't you share another song? Sure. I was playing a little blues there in Dubai one day, and and Yusuf was there, uh, Cat Stevens, who wrote a song, Father and Son, and it was one of my favorite songs growing up. I mean, how cool is it to be sitting in a studio with Cat Stevens and you're sitting at the piano playing a blues rendition of his song? (laughs) And I actually got the thumbs up on it, you know. Uh, I did a couple of his tunes and kind of did my own blues thing on it. I think he got a kick out of it. So I recorded it, and we actually had the idea of while the song was playing, we were going to get a environment like a small jazz club. So while the song's playing, there'd be a table sitting in the club, and there'd be a father going, you know, son, it's not time to make a change. Just relax and take it easy. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know. And we were going to have this father and son dialogue while the song was playing. And we really played around with it for a while. I think I even did a few tracks of it, and then we ended up sort of not, didn't make it. So we kept the song a blues tune and sort of broke up the record with it a little bit, kind of give you a different breakaway from the spiritual folk kind of thing. And it kind of just gives you leadway into stuff that will be coming down the road. 
And the song is F.S. Blues, like father-son blues. That's exactly right. We just put it up there like that, and if you can guess what it is, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) By Idris Phillips. getting a little glimpse of some of the wide-ranging talents of Idris Phillips. That is his song, F.S. Blues, which is clearly a blues takeoff on Father and Son by Yusuf Islam, also known previously as Cat Stevens. That is on Idris's album, Star by Moon. You'll find the link on northernspiritradio.org. Your music is so beautiful, Idris, that I really would feel bad about not including more of it on the broadcast. We will have bonus excerpts with some of your music and more talk between us on it. So let's move on to, I think, the final song that we're going to share here today for Song of the Soul, Idris. How do you want to conclude? Well, this song was inspired directly from an individual who I can't mention the name, I've been instructed, (laughs) (laughs) as tempted as I am, but I'm going to honor her wish, and uh, she inspired this song for sure. And it's a very positive song, and it's a song about real love. It's full of love. That's all I can really say about it. It's called For You, and is that you, again, only this unnamed individual, or is it the bigger you as well? 
That's exactly right. It was both, because to me, they're one and the same. They're highly connected. And, you know, before we go into the music, and I want to conclude our program today with listening to this, I would say that the song, to me, feels like one of cherished reflection. So it's got this reflective mode to it, but it's got this warm, cherishing, upbeat, almost a dancing tune in my heart to it. Is that how she affects you when you see the reflection of the divine through her? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You got that right. Very good. <laughs> I'm glad that what I experienced through the song is what you also intended, because I can misinterpret too, I suppose. Well, I think that, you know, music to me is when people hear music or my music or anything else, they'll have their own interpretations. I think they're all correct. I can write a song and then feel a certain way, and it definitely might bring out something else or take somebody to a different place. And so to me, they're all correct. They're all the experience of the music, which is a beautiful thing about music, by the way. It just speaks to you. And if it moves you, it's great. You know, I used to tell people that I like people to either love what I do or hate what I do, because those are two high emotions. <laughs> it's the ones that sit in the middle, but uh, I often scratch my head over where they're not sure. <laughs> I don't know how well you actually knew. I mean, I don't think you had much of a religious upbringing. And I was raised Catholic, as I said, I became Quaker as an adult, but I did along the way actually read the entire Bible and done some study on it. And one of the phrases that jumps out that applies to just what you said is attributed to Jesus. It says, because you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, I spit you out. So are you, are you a spitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I love that. That's good. I like this. So we're going to send the song out for that certain unnamed person who I've also met, Audioli, and who seems like a really special person. I can see why she would be an inspiration for this song. And you're an inspiration for growth of spirit. You know that, Idris, that as you go around, I'm sure you've gotten that feedback as you go, and I feel it here today. I'm so thankful that you do your music, that you've put it at the support and partnership with people like Dawood Warnsby and with Yusuf Islam and all the other places that you've done your music. I know that you're transforming this world for a better place, closer to that contentment that hopefully we'll all reach. And I thank you for doing that and for joining me, taking quite a while with me here yesterday and today for Song of the Soul. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, really, Mark. We're going to end with For You by Idris Phillips. His website, again, idrisphillipsmusic.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. I want to thank Catherine Thomas for production assistance on today's program. We say goodbye to Idris Phillips with his song For You, and see you next week for Song of the Soul. Thank you again, Mark. Listen to all the words you say, you say I feel I can breathe with you today When I discovered you The world became brand new And I know there was more to do Took some time just to see my way back home 
for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song